0: Well, this morning we're going to have a look at remembering what God has done, remembering what what God is doing, and remembering what God will do. Those three things. Let me just get some water here because I'm struggling. Are you all cool enough? Good. So let's talk about what God has done. We have heard with our ears, verse 1 says, Our God, our fathers have told you what you did in their days, in the days of long ago. Too often we remember what we shouldn't, that unforgiveness and heartaches and hurts and things. And too often we don't remember what we should. And I'm going to just share one or two things this morning that perhaps we should remember more often but it reminds me of the story of this couple. They're both in their 80s, and they, they seem to think that they're starting to become forgetful. So they take themselves off to the doctor, and they sit down, and they go through an examination, and the doctor says, you know what, George and Mabel, for your age, uh, you're doing very well physically. And Maybe memory starts going, and don't become concerned about it. It happens you know, as the years, years start piling up. An easy way to deal with it is just to write, write something down so you don't forget. So they go home feeling quite elated that physically they're fine and memory's not such a problem. Anyway, they're sitting there watching TV that evening and George gets up and Mabel says, Where are you going, George? George says, I'm just going to the kitchen. So Mabel says, Ach, oh, George, I'm really craving for some ice cream. Please, would you bring me some ice cream? And George says, sure, I'll bring you ice cream. And Mabel says, but remember what the doctor said. Maybe you should write it down. George says, it's ice cream. I'm not going to forget ice cream. Mabel says, yes, but it's not just ice cream. I also want some cherries on the ice cream. Please, George, just write it down. And George says, Mabel, I can remember ice cream and cherries. She says, George, it's not just ice cream and cherries. I also want some cream on the side. Mabel, ice cream, cherries and cream. I don't have to write it down. Off he goes. Half an hour later, so he comes back and he's got the most delicious bacon and eggs cooked. (laughs) And he puts it in front of Mabel and she looks at this bacon and eggs and she looks at George. She looks at this bacon and eggs and she looks at him. She says, there, You messed it up. I told you to write it down. There's no toast. (laughs) That's what we like. We remember the stuff we should, and we forget the stuff sometimes that we shouldn't. I want to just talk a little bit about creation with apologies to my discipleship class because this is a, a little bit of a repeat. Because I get so excited thinking about creation. Too quickly we lose sight of creation and we start thinking about evolution. We start believing what we are taught in schools. We start thinking that there are a couple scientists who were actually alive so many billion years ago and know exactly what happened. You know? These people are so clever that they know exactly how it all happened as opposed to just understanding what the Bible says. Think about the size of the Earth, its perfect size. The Earth's size and corresponding gravity holds a thin layer of mostly nitrogen and oxygen gases, only extending about 80 kilometers above the Earth's surface. If Earth was any smaller, that would be impossible. An atmosphere would be impossible, just like we see on the planet Mercury, or they imagined to be there. If Earth was larger, its atmosphere would contain lots of hydrogen, making it impossible for us to live, like they say on Jupiter. Earth is the only known planet equipped with an atmosphere of exactly the right mixture of gases to sustain plant, animal, and human life. And the clever people, the clever people, tell us it all happened by random selection and by chance. Who is the flippin' idiot The evolutionists or the scripture that tells us to accept by faith that there is a God who made these things? I mean, you need lots of faith, more than I've got to believe in something like evolution, and yet we suck it in. The earth is located exactly the right distance from the sun. Think about our temperatures on the planet today. Somewhere between 10 degrees maybe in some of those colder places and 50 degrees regularly in King Williamstown. That's, we seem to have the hottest place <laughs> in earth, yeah. <laughs> but just consider that swing. Now, if the earth was any further away, we would all freeze. The sun. Any further away from the sun, we would freeze. If the earth was any closer, we would all burn up. How can this happen Randomly. By chance. There is a designer behind this universe. There is a superior mind beyond anything we can begin to entertain or think about. So even a fractional variance in the earth's position to the sun would make life on earth impossible. It would make it impossible to live. So the earth remains this perfect distance from the sun while it's rotating around the sun at a speed of nearly 110,000 kilometers an hour. That's how fast the earth is moving while it's moving around the sun, while it's also rotating on its own axis. We know it goes around once in how many hours? 24. Whether you're in Africa or Europe, it's still 24 hours. Okay? Okay. So every 24 hours the earth is turning while it's traveling 108,000 kilometers an hour around the sun. All in perfect orbit. Try and tell me it happened by random selection or by chance. I mean that's lunacy. Think about our moon. Perfect size and distance from the earth for its gravitational pull. The moon creates important ocean tides and movement so ocean waters do not stagnate. And yet our massive oceans are restrained. And the Bible actually speaks about the, the, earth, the waters of the earth being restrained from spilling over the continents. I read recently, if the, earth's gravi- the moon's gravitational force had to be removed, the waters of the sea would cover the highest mountain by a significant distance. Earth would be entirely covered with the waters of the sea if the moon wasn't holding the water back. Sometime we've got to remember our creator. Sometime we've got to remember the magnificence of creation. Just talking about our earth. Think about the human brain simultaneously processing an amazing amount of information, taking in all those colors and objects, temperature around us, the pressure of your feet against the floor, the, the, the closeness of the person next to you, the sounds of the people around you, the dryness of your mouth, even the texture of your fingers or the keyboard. You can feel when the keyboard's getting a little bit dirty. Or it's amazing what this human brain does, and they say it evolved out of nothing. Just randomly. Come on, saints, we've got to remember there is an amazing creator behind this huge creation. Think about your emotions, your thoughts, your memories. At the same time, your brain keeping track of the ongoing functions of your body, like your breathing, your eyelid movement, your hunger, movement of the muscles in your hands, even as you're sitting there. How many of you thought, I must breathe? Not once did you have to think, I must breathe. Your brain's doing all of that. And you know what? It's impossible that that brain could have evolved out of nothing. It is impossible. There is zero, zero chance. It's impossible. But it's very probable that there is a designer behind creation. Amen. Human brain, they say, processes more than a million messages a second. One million. Two million. Three million. Those messages going on right now. Why are you thinking and listening to me? We've gone through 8 million messages that your brain is busy doing. It's crazy. Your brain weighs up the importance of this data, filtering out unimportant, screening function of what allows you to focus and operate effectively in your world. It, dif- it functions differently from other organs in that there seems to be an intelligence to it—the ability to reason, to produce feelings, to dream, to plan, to take action, to relate to other people. It's all happening from your brain, not from a from a big bang. And things just falling together into perfect harmony. Think about the eye. The clever people say your eye can distinguish seven million colors. I can't see the difference between red and green most of the time. But they tell you you can see the difference. Your eye can distinguish seven million different colors. Think about the shades of green when you walk out. Just, just walk along the hedge and see how many different colors green you will see on the way down. Who's made that? Did it just randomly happen? Or is there a designer? Is there a creator? The eye has automatic focusing and handles 1.5 million messages, they say, simultaneously. Creation is the design of the creator. And friends, we have to remember it. The very first words in your Bible say this, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We don't have to argue that or debate it. In the beginning God created. You see this is the problem. This is my problem with evolution. If there isn't a creator and there isn't a God there is no need for morality. What's happened to the earth? It's become totally immoral. Thievery is not even regarded as a crime. You can steal as long as you get away with it. And it looks like billions and billions and billions of taxpayers' money has been stolen over the last few years and it certainly looks like they're all going to get away with it. There's no morality. Why? Because there is no God. There is no accountability to anyone higher. So I can live my life exactly how I want to live. And that's why there's such an attack on Genesis. And that's why we have to keep reminding ourselves, remembering that there is a creator behind the creation. Because take him out of it. And if we all just evolved, there is no need for any morality. You can do what you like. You can... I've got to be careful now. We must chat at a bra and I'll be able to say what I wanted to say. (laughs) So take the creator. There's gone your accountability. There's gone your morals. There's no sense of judgment. There's no sense of ultimately I've got to face somebody and give an answer for what I've done on this earth. Why? Because I'm just I'm nothing. There is no designer. There is no creator. And we're in a dangerous place today. And our kids are in a dangerous place. Our kids are being brainwashed with evolution. Our kids are being brainwashed that there is no God. Because that's what happens when you start introducing evolution. To the extent that they're doing it. Colossians chapter 1 says, For by Him, it's talking about Jesus, All things were created, things in heaven and on earth, Visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things and in Him. Not in evolution. Not in any sort of, in Him, all things hold together. If He changes, if He for a second, if it's not in Him for a second, that's it, this earth is flooded. That's it, the earth is destroyed. That it, that's it, we all fly off. I mean, if the earth stopped spinning now, we'd all just fly off into space. I mean, you don't know if you're upside or downside now. I mean, yes, Africa, this side here of the globe. Filter, you know? You don't feel like you're sitting upside, maybe we are sitting upside down. I mean, how does that work? That the people here are the right side up, and the people here are the right side up. There's a creator. Let's not forget, secondly, when we remember what God has done, salvation. And there's so much we can talk about, so I'm just going to focus on creation and salvation here. 1 Peter 1 says, For you know it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, He was chosen when? And we spoke about this a little on Monday night at our class. God knew what I was going to be like. And yet before he started creating the world, Jesus was already chosen to die for me. Somebody asked me, why would he have still gone ahead and done it? And my answer is, that's how much he loves you. He saw you with all your faults, with all your hatred, with all your unforgiveness, with all your bitterness, with all all your, whoever you are. He saw you with all of that. And before he created this world, he had already arranged for Jesus to die for our sin. He knew it was going to go wrong, and yet he still went ahead and did it. How much love is that? I don't understand. In God we make our boast all day long. Oh, what are we doing? Okay, sorry. Through Him you believe in God who raised Him from the dead and glorified Him and so your faith and hope are in God. Remember what God has done. He has arranged for our salvation uh, that, that we had no other hope or no other way to access. Number two, remember what God is doing. Remember what God has done We looked at salvation and at creation. Remember what God is doing. Verse 8 says, In God we make our boast all day long, and we will praise Your name forever. Not only saved, but we also kept. 1 Peter says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. Hallelujah. So, whatever it is that you're going through right now, like we said, the psalmist, uh, the, that son of Korah, the nation of Israel was going through a whole lot of stuff and they couldn't understand what was going on. We can know that our salvation in its completeness is kept, that it cannot perish, it cannot spoil, and it cannot fade. I mean, that is just, that is just wow, Lord. Why do that for me? Philippians 1:6. being confident of this, that he who began a good work, If He started that work in you, He will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. When I falter, when I land on my nose, when I make a mess up of my life and my thoughts and my everything else, this is the one scripture that picks me up again. Being confident of this. I am confident of this one thing. That He who began that work in me will carry it on. I trust Him. I look to Him. I faith Him. I believe Him. Lord, I've messed up again. I don't understand maybe what's going on in my life. But this one thing I do know, that you started something in my life, you're going to finish it. God doesn't start something and not finish it, unlike us. To Him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before His glorious presence without fault, And with great joy, (laughs) I'm going to be presented to the Father without fault and with great joy. Why? Because of Jesus. So let's remember what God is doing. Let's not become discouraged. I mean, if you go into work tomorrow and you get so cross with your employees that you beat them up and put them in a plastic bag and throw them in the Buffalo River. You know, be confident of this one thing. You're probably going to spend some time in jail. But aside from that, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. When I, when I lose it with the taxis, you know what? This happens in East London more than in King. These right-only and left-only lanes. I've experienced this three times this week you you, patiently in a queue, waiting, robot, robot, robot. And then there's this right-only queue. And these taxis come zoow, down the right-only queue, and they're just cutting in the front. Have you, see, we don't see it around here. In East London, happens all the time. And this one, one person, he had his right flicker on as though he's turning right, And as soon as the robot's trained, he goes in in straight anyway. And I'm sitting 20 minutes trying to get into East London on two occasions this week. Trying to get in there by whatever, half past seven. And the traffic's just mad at that time. And these oaks just come. Then, like when I'm driving peacefully home later and I start reflecting on my behavior and my attitude. Then I start thinking, to him who is able to keep you from falling, You know, I haven't fallen too much. I haven't fallen too badly. (laughs) And present me faultless. This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. You know when you've done wrong. You know when you've said wrong. Because He's inscribed by His Spirit who is truth. In our hearts, He's inscribed His ways and His wants in our hearts. So let's remember what God is doing. See, we cannot keep ourselves. Psalm 119 says, Your word, O Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. And as much as we try and keep ourselves, you're going to mess it up. Don't become discouraged. Don't get mudah, or what is the word, you know? What's the word? Ah, There's another word in English. Discouraged. Good one. (laughs) Discouraged. Don't become discouraged. Or or like, Lord, I can't do this anymore. You can. Why? Because His word is established in the heavens and nobody can change that. And if he said, he, "You can be confident of this thing, that he will carry it on to the day of completion." if he has said, "He will present you faultless and with great joy," he will do it, because He has established His word, and nobody's going to change that. So remember what God is doing. Luke 12: "Who of you can, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life?" Uh, the original Greek actually says, "Who of you can add a single cubit? To his height. How many of you can add anything to the height, your height, by worrying? In fact, it's going to work exactly the opposite. If you worry, you're going to get shorter, not taller. Right? Yeah. Jesus said that. while While we're remembering that we cannot keep ourselves, let's remember that he's doing that work of transforming us. We do not lose heart. Outwardly, we're wasting away. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Whether it feels like it, whether you want to believe it or not, God is doing something. It's the only way He's going to get you to present you faultless, is to keep renewing you inwardly, day by day. I can say to you this, if you, are, if you feel you're worse off now than you were 30 years ago when you got saved, there might be a problem although it might be that you're becoming more aware to your own sinfulness, which is a very good thing. But just be aware that he is busy doing something all the time. For those God foreknew, Romans 8, 29, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, so he might be the firstborn among many brothers. The nation of Israel was going through a terrible time. But you know that there's this thing called molding? And discipline, we don't like it so much. Sometimes when things aren't going so good in our lives, it's not necessarily that we've done anything wrong. It might just be that God is busy doing something to conform us to the image of His Son. Not because we've done anything wrong, not because we're bad or naughty. I mean, just think about, think about uh, your child's bedtimes. I mean, they don't get sent to bed at 7 o'clock at night because they've been naughty. They get sent to bed at seven o'clock because you know it's good for them. You've put parameters in place. You don't allow them to go and jump in the swimming pool if there's nobody there, because you know things can go wrong and you want them you want an adult to be there, etc. etc. Parameters are there because they are good. Maybe God's just just giving you a parameter, you know. Maybe the nation of Israel, because they're saying, but we haven't done anything wrong. Maybe God's just, just allowing something to happen in our lives for the purpose of conforming us to the image of His Son. Don't fight those things. Embrace them. Enable Him to do what He wants to do. So we remember what He's done, what He's doing, and then lastly, let's remember what God will do. Verse 26, right at the end, says, Rise up and help us, redeem us because of your unfailing love. See, he's coming again. He's coming again. The evolutionist said he will say he's not coming again uh, because he was never there in the first place. But I'm telling you he's coming again because I believe in a creator who has created this creation and I'm part of that creation. And he who created me told me, He's coming again. He's coming again. I've got something to look forward to. John 14, 14, 2 and 3 says, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so you also may be where I am. He said it and He's going to do it. So maybe you're going through a terrible time at the moment. It's not wrong to look forward to the future. It's not wrong to look forward to that home that, that you one day are going to walk into. <clears throat> My mother's favorite song, I've told you this before, she used to sing, When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound and time shall be no more. And that was her song. And she was singing it on the last night that she was in the home she, was, she walks up and down the passage irritating everybody there singing the song. And she told people she's going home soon. She knows she's going home soon. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, she's going home. And the next morning she went home. That's the kind of confidence that we can have. It doesn't matter how, how bad our situation is. We know He's coming again. And whether we all go together, because that will happen too at a point, or whether we go one by one until that time, it doesn't matter. He has gone to prepare a place for us, and He's going to come back and fetch us and take us to be there. And I pray that you don't get the shack at the end of the street. (laughs) For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. There is no secret silent rapture. I'm telling you that, that now from the Scriptures. I don't care what everybody or anybody else says. The Bible says He will come with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God. That's how it's going to happen. That's how it's going to conclude. And then a dead in Christ will rise. After that, we who are still alive and are left, will be caught up, raptured together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord for how long? Wonderful stuff to look forward to. And after that, there's a little thing called the feast. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. Peter wrote that God desires for everyone to be saved. That's His desire. Many are called, but few are chosen. See, some just just stubbornly refuse to accept Jesus as Lord stubbornly refuse to accept that there is a creator or a God. I've had at least two friends in my life, very dear friends, who, who believe that when you die, you die, there's nothing. It's over. It's finished. You just, that's it. You're just here for this time and then it's over. If you believe in evolution, that's fine. You can believe in evolution because that's, that's the basis of it. But for me who has a creator, I know one day I need to stand and give an account. My life before him, and I know that that is true for every person on the planet today. So, whether Jay Z goes to jail or not, he will give an account, or whoever you know, not saying he's done anything wrong. (laughs) Don't know know what's happening, don't get involved with these things. Don't forget your vindication while you're on this earth. Second Thessalonians says God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. There's somebody in an office giving you a hard time. There's that spouse who's unkind to you. There's that child or that parent or that boss or that employee. Or Just, just chill. Chill. I can chill. As I remember what God will do, I can chill. There's going to come a culmination of the agents. And whether the scripture is is applicable to now or whether it's applicable to to then, it doesn't matter. I can chill because I know God is just. And if there are people who are troubling me, and there's one politician in particular who troubles me desperately. The fact that I haven't shot my television set out a number of times by now just for the pure satisfaction of watching him die. <laughs> he, makes he makes me see red all the time. You know, just, just there to, to, to whip people's emotions up and, and con the conable and, and just, just cause division and racial tension. It's just not nice. And then I think God will trouble those who trouble you. Let it go. I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. Earth and sky fled from his presence. I mean, God is so big, he made it all anyway. They're going to run away. Earth and sky, run away from his presence. At his presence. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing. Before the throne and books were opened, another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they'd done, as is recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the Lamb's book of life, he was thrown into the fire. Listen to my words now. Hear me, those of you who aren't interested in listening to me. There will be a time when the books will be opened. And if your name is not found in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into an everlasting fire. This is not some Catholic invention or some invention of the mind of man or anything else. This is what Jesus spoke about often. Hell, if you like. If my name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. And how can I know it's written there? The Bible says he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have a life. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that He raised Him from the dead, we will be saved. To all who received Him, that means accepted Him, that means believed in Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to be called children of God. There is no need for any one of us here today not to have our names written in the Lamb's book of life. Not any need for any of us. And I urge every single person here to make sure in your heart that you know your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Because if it's not there, you are going to hell that is not hate speech that is love speech that is speech that says please make right with god today now while it's time okay so that sort of means there's some stuff perhaps that we should forget maybe not be so vengeful romans 12 do not take revenge leave room for god's wrath For it is written, it's mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. I remind you that Jesus taught that if we don't forgive, we cannot be forgiven. And if we do not forgive, goodbye to your name in the Lamb's book of life. It's that simple. It's that simple. If we are living on this planet and we are holding unforgiveness against this person or that person or this institution or that thing or that government, whatever it might be, I'm telling you, your name cannot be in the Lamb's book of life. It's that simple. You are not God that you can change the rules. God sets the rules. It's His universe. He can decide and He can say what He wants to do. So, remembering what God has done. Creation, salvation, and a trillion, trillion, trillion other things that we didn't talk about. What God is doing, He's keeping us, He's transforming us, and we are confident of this fact. Remembering what God will do one day. Soon, not so soon, it doesn't matter. It will happen one day in Jesus' name. Let us pray.